Welcome to episode 258 of the Broadcasters Podcast. It's going to be a short episode tonight. Not a whole lot in the news to bring up, and not anything I'm going to necessarily rant about. We're just going to look at what's, where things are going for next year. And at the moment, when we look at movies, there's going to be more movies to watch next year where I believe there's going to be more quality over quantity. More quality in the quantity. And that's what we need more of. Because when you look at what's going on this year of the amount of content we've had when it comes to music, movies, TV, and radio, it was kind of light this year. I'm not sure what to think about why, but it really much was. Music is very homogenized. It's kind of flat. Rap music continues to be in a bad decline. Rock music is just not that existent. And... We had a couple of, you know, significant albums that came out this year. The Return of Beyonce, Return of Rihanna. But really, when you look at the whole scope of music, I mean, there wasn't that much when it comes to what music really stood out this year in the mainstream. See, what what we're getting in the mainstream now overall, music, movies, TV, and radio is blah. It's kind of bland. There's not much to, to talk about. Oh, you can talk about the new Lord of the Rings coming back, or it's all these franchises coming back, but not a lot of quality behind them. Movies this year, you look at Top Gun Maverick and the proving the point that you know good movies can come out, come back out, and really dominate. The mistakes of the DC universe we've been talking about on the show. And how they could have been a part of all this, too. And the movie theater is really struggling. But we have movies coming out next year. Things are getting a little, a little bit better. But movies are also underperforming. And some movies also underperforming because of the direction of what movies went. When you had movies that were very much women-centric and women are kicking ass all over the place. And men are completely weak and useless. So what you felt like when I watched Woman King and Black Panther... And I just look at myself and I say, man, this year didn't have give me a whole lot of really something amazing that's going to talk about. We saw a lot of consolidation now with mergers coming into place and the streaming services now trying to work their way through to get T to put out the amount of content they need to put out. But they're greenlighting so many different projects. How many of them are actually good? And if you're giving certain showrunners a run on their on their platforms or certain stars a run on their platforms, are they really getting anything back on those investments? We're starting to see a little bit of hesitation on the fact that some of these streaming companies put out movies and maybe they should give us some more time and exhibition before they go and push it off into direct-to-video. We're seeing some of that too. But all in all, there hasn't been anything that really stood out to me this year that really was like, okay, I'm going to remember 2022 for this. <laughs> Not necessarily. Oh, there's moments. 
Who's not going to forget Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? That'll be memorable. Nothing from the award shows. Nothing from the music award shows. Nothing. And I don't know what it is about media that where it's at, but also there's a lot of good online content. A lot of content creators out there. TikTok having a stellar year. Facebook, Instagram, both taking a bit of a dive. Twitter with the ultimate change with Elon Musk at the helm. That's a lot. And I just think about podcasting. It just moves and grooves. More celebrities into the space. But now we're just not getting people just getting podcasting just to get podcasting. We're starting to see now celebrities talking to celebrities. If you can get the right mix <laughs> together, you might see something really special. But across the board, nothing really this year put out to me that made me feel like, wow, I'm so amazed with how much content we have. There is good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I still got to watch about 36 movies this year, a little less than usual. When I think of the music I listened to this year, you know, interesting. But it wasn't like we had so much like 2021. It was, you know, when coming out of the pandemic, it was a whole lot of projects being done, a whole lot of creativity that came out of that we got to enjoy. And then here we are, we're just at a point where just things are kind of just flat. It was a flat year for music, movies, TV, and radio. Radio continues to have a downfall, but... It's not going to stop me from keeping on talking about some of the things that I think are still important in this business. A few things I want to bring up in here. One important move, move that happened today, which I think is very significant, is DirecTV has always been the home of NFL Sunday tickets since its beginning. 27 years. Now that's changed. Now YouTube will now start paying roughly $2 billion a year for Sunday ticket. Seven-year deal. <laughs> All out-of-market games. YouTube now has residential rights. They'll also seek to license the commercial rights for bars and restaurants for additional $200 million. Amazon, ESPN, we're also looking to get in part of this, but ultimately it's YouTube. YouTube has 2 billion monthly users, at least 5 million subscribers and trial accounts for YouTube TV. DirecTV has 13.5 million subscribers. With losing Sunday Ticket, I don't know where they go next, but they're going to struggle now. So YouTube will be on as an add-on to YouTube TV and the video platform's main app through a service called Primetime Channels. But the pricing is still going to be about the same. 300 bucks or 400 bucks a year to watch all that content all season long. That's the plan on that. Next thing I want to bring up is a story about Who's getting into podcasting? A story from inews.co.uk gave us a pretty interesting story. The rise is narcissistic podcasting. 
Meghan Markle, Kim Kardashian, Gwyneth Paltrow, all podcasters now. And so in the, the point they were talking about, in October, Kim Kardashian entered the true crime podcast arena with a system. The case of Kevin Keith, an eight-part series on, the, on 1994 triple homicide ruling. Gwyneth Paltrow will be launching a new show called The Goop Pursuit. And on Audible in January, a collection of podcast episodes that dedicated to pleasure, healing, beauty, and change. And she has her own podcast called The Goop Podcast. And then Meghan Markle we've talked about with her own show, Archetypes. And Emily Radzikowski, as of 1st of November, started her show, High Low with Emrata. And she's gotten quite a bit of push from that as well. They're being called celebrity brand exercises, which they say they're nothing new. Many may lead to something engaging or at least entertaining, but these podcasts are excruciatingly dull and fundamentally founded upon cliches. The fact in this story, when ultimately comes to lie is the belief that the creation of a podcast in itself to transcend quality or popularity that by making simply making a podcast, you must be a higher thinker and or a woman of substance. And this tendency in the present moment for people, especially highly visible people, to advertise themselves as unfrivolous, as well as culturally and politically discerning, sometimes in the recent past, sitting apart from vapidness and performing the role of someone who gets it, became important. Billboard put out a story of the 10 biggest music stories and trends of the past year. I looked at this. I wanted to skim through this real quick. Among what they talk about is the executive turntable. There's a lot of changes in management. Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift and that whole mess with that. Top level tour success, Bad Bunnies, World Hottest Tour, averaged a $10 million gross per show. Elton John's Farewell Yellow Book Road Tour closed it on the record for the highest grossing tour of all time. Sinks on fire. They're talking about the fact that the TikTok algorithm could combine to supercharge some of the biggest sinks to not only just big bucks but new chart highs with running up that hill from Kate Bush and Stranger Things and what it did as a result. Then we had the ebbs and flows of the catalog market where a lot of legacy artists started selling up their libraries. Sting recently put a deal with Universal uh, UMPG, well over $300 million. Steven Stills selling a controlling interest over a thousand songs to Irving Azoff's iconic artist group. The Frank Zappa catalog going out for $30 million. Huey News and News for $20 million. Joey Ramone's catalog for $10 million. Genesis for $350 million. So much other. Then you had services where the music industry was basically changed up with independent distribution. SoundCloud, TikTok, Tencent, Downtown, embracing the shift with real live business models. <laughs> the crypto winter, everybody into NFTs and Web3 and all that stuff. And, you know, let's just say the FTX deal and Sam Bankman Freed is going to probably put a kibosh on a lot of that kind of stuff for right now. Not to mention how bad the tech companies are doing, even though they tried to get into the metaverse, namely Meta, with the Facebook parent. The rise of K-pop. TikTok and its hold on things right now. Those are some of the things that they really said stood out this year. 
mean, I look at sometimes, man, how much I watch on TikTok on a regular basis. Still quite a bit. More than I watch YouTube or other places. <laughs> These days it just changes up. It's a bit different. A couple stories in social media that got brought up. Vice put a story up talking about its social media entering its flop era. And then they talk about that Instagram is dead, has been marinating for quite some time. Young people certainly don't post like they used to. Now you have a new place called Mastodon that's trying to come into place. New substacks coming in there. <laughs> they talk to a senior lecturer in communications and media, author of the social media age, Dr. Zoetanya Sujan, who says that big social platforms are not quite dead yet, although we are seeing a lot of movement in the current landscape. Some platformers they say might be losing their cool, but doesn't necessarily mean they're losing their longevity. <laughs> There's that part they talk about as well. And there was a story from uh, social media about how it's threatened. Journalism is threatened by social media, and as a journalism still has quite a bit of importance. So one person was talking about the fact that at a time when journalism is most important with rampant political disagreement and widespread disinformation, journalism is dying while most of the reading public is completely unaware of, of the slow-moving but inexorable disaster. Basically saying that, you know, the media outlets are supposed to be the arbiters. The people are supposed to be going to them. There is no one that has a stranglehold on the media market anymore. Not now. Not when it comes to news and information. Not at all. And it's going to continue that way. A lot of layoffs as well when it comes to CNN and The Guardian and BuzzFeed, among other places. UNESCO and their latest report analyzing media development trends in the past five years. News outlets are struggling due to the number of increased voices on social media. Social media users doubling from 2.3 million in 2016 to 2 to 4.2 billion in 2021. And so there's the whole thought process that well, if the mainstream can't control the information that's out there, they're slowly but surely being less and less relevant just like cable it's you know they're trying to say there's something where journalism is going to be threatened by it it's not there will still be information out there but your mainstream legacy outlets are less relevant than ever before people can still find out what's going on and learn about the latest news without the need of the of a mainstream press so no one's hurt by seeing all these different places that are kind of slowing down. One other story I want to bring up here before we wrap things up. Like I said, it was going to be a short show tonight. 15 minutes. Not much. Hey, it's a, it's it's the end of the year. And, you know, I looked around, see what there was they're going to bring up. But like I said, it's a short show tonight. That's okay. I'm going to have these once in a while. 
iHeartMedia talks about how they're going to cut their U.S. real estate footprint. They're not planning to close offices on any of the 160 marks where it has a presence, but they want to take up a timeline where they're going to start leasing as opposed to owning. They want to get out of subleases or subleasing excess real estate. You also notice the fact of how they have a growing remote workforce employees spread across the U.S. Cutting back on real estate is a very valid strategy. They're going to downsize office space. I said that's, that's another way they're going to cut, cut corners. No surprise there. I knew it was going to happen at some point. Didn't we all know that? Radio, hey, if radio ever gets caught up and that whole royalties act does get put into place, where are they going to go? How are they going to survive? I don't know. Not going to be easy for them, that's for sure. So let me go through the last uh, seven months of the year, leading up to the current day now, about where we are with media, where we've gone to. Some standout episodes during the summertime. One I did was episode 226, Corporate Radio Should Adapt the National Format Model. Because it still has to be quality. We still need radio to be something important. And we, listen, they can't afford to go ahead and create local programming or something very regionalized or very hyper-targeted. They're not able to do it. I thought I had a good discussion there. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, that trial coming into place. We had that. Top Gun Maverick coming out. Memorial Day weekend, and that did so well. Running up a hill in Kate Bush, and that how that became such a big thing. Drake and Beyonce coming out with dance albums to start off a new decade of dance. We talked quite a bit about content creators, musicians, trying to get paid more. And a, and a constant thing of trying to see where music needed to make a change for themselves because the musicians need to find a way to keep royalties coming in for them and not be beholden just to like really like cents on the dollar for all their stuff that's being streamed. So we had that to also talk about too. October, I talked about the TikTok music takeover. It's been rampant. It's been obviously noticed. A gentrification of crossover music and pop culture. That was a great episode I put out there. Because we don't have anything that crosses over anymore. Crossovers aren't allowed. Things like that also did not help. Talked a lot about TikTok this year. A lot about the musicians. And where they can find their, mo their, their money and, and things. And how we have a, a place we can actually find out. When new music comes out. It can stand out. It can be something special. And somebody is able to go ahead and give us exposure to the right kind of different music that's out there. MTV was that at one point. Radio was that at one point. We don't have an arbiter here. Experts, those that are really going to stand out and say, hey, these are songs you should be listening to. Reviewers, critics, or just people out there that just have a good keen eye for what's going to be popular, what's going to be a hit. We don't have that now. And that's a problem. We need to see something change of that. Anyway, I'm not going to go to a long rant. I'm going to keep it short tonight. 20 minutes. 
that's it for the broadcasters podcast this week we'll come back next week and see what else is left getting into the new year and until next week uh, again merry christmas happy kwanzaa whatever you celebrate happy hanukkah until next week remember the content is king and the control of your content is in your hands thank you for listening to the broadcasters podcast Find all the links to subscribe to the show by going to broadcasterspodcast.com. And don't forget to check out the King of Podcasts wrestling program, The Wrestling Is Real Podcast, exclusively at wrestlingisreal.com. 